Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. On today's show, I learn a thing or two about grooming, and I wasn't necessarily expecting to, and you'll hear as I learn live with you. But first, if you are new to this, welcome to the podcast. It's a show all about how some of the most interesting or innovative or exciting brands out there today are becoming more authentic through mobilizing their masses, in most cases, their consumers. And today, I'm on with Allie Edgerton. She's the president of US over at Birchbox. Now, Birchbox, if you don't know, is a beauty subscription business. And I use that term beauty lightly because it's not just for you ladies, fellas. There's stuff there for us too. And probably some of the best times to start learning about these subscription services and trying things out might be right now when you're stuck at home. But we talk with Allie on the show today, not only about that, but also about her disparate experiences across industries, categories, and disciplines, the things that have carried over well into beauty, DTC, and subscription, and those things which unintuitively may not. And then finally, we also talk about the ways in which they're engaging their consumers and going for the center mass of their target consumer, which is this nameless, faceless figure they call cash. So I look forward to having you learn what cash is and who cash is, as well as towards the end tips for us fellows on how to take advantage of something like Birchbox, as well as advice on how to build a better brand. You all know that advice column is part of every episode. So sit back, relax, moisturize, and listen in as I talk to, from Birchbox, Ali Edgerton. All right, everybody, I am here with Birchbox, and specifically their president, Ali Edgerton. Allie, thanks so much for joining the show. How are you doing? Hi, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to talk to you and to be talking with a brand that I, I guess I might not be like the core target for, but it's certainly something, uh, an industry that I've talked to. And, and as I understand it, there is sort of this mysterious figure of who the core consumer is. I'm going to talk about that in a little while, but because uh, it's a really interesting story and a name that I never heard before. But before I do that, Let's just talk about you. Let's get into your head. I want to learn about your journey to this point. Now, obviously, anybody on LinkedIn can go and see what your background is and see that you have a ton of experience across different categories and different types of commerce. But I want to know specifically, what about Birchbox drew you in and and what keeps you there today? Yeah, absolutely. Um, So... You know, it's interesting to kind of look back at my experiences and um, my skills that led me to kind of connect with Birchbox and find a home here. Um, I've been at Birchbox since September of 2019. Um, So not nearly as long as the 10 year length of this amazing business. But one of the things that really, really drew me in was the opportunity to continue to challenge myself. And I have always been that person. You could go back and look through um, the jobs I've had and start to understand that my experience has been shaped by by my ability to take risks and to build new and develop um, new skill sets. And through that, um, I am a problem solver by nature and very much an experiential learner. So um, I think that my, my history in merchandising, in product development, in managing a category level P&L, and through the different types of companies that I was at. You know, I've experienced vertical retail, fashion. I've experienced sport performance, wholesale, multi-distributional retail. And I've also now had the opportunity with Birchbox 
to be in the beauty sector in direct commerce and um, e-com subscription. Was a, that was an entirely new business model for me. So um, that's kind of what has, has led me to Birchbox, but uh, I'd be happy to get into more details on that too. Oh yes, we absolutely should. I, in fact, it's it's that it's the learnings around those new spaces that I'm particularly curious about. You know, you look at uh, again the the multiple types of commerce that you've been a part of, the multiple categories that you've been a part of, uh, including just before Birchbox, a company near and dear to me because it's in my hometown of Baltimore of Under Armour. You have plenty <laughs> of different uh, plenty of different hats that you you've worn and, and brands that you've worn as well. But I'm curious as to what were some of the things that you learned from those disparate industries and types of commerce that carried over well into the role and, and what you're doing now at Birchbox, and maybe what was either intuitive or unintuitively new and or had to be thrown out the window when getting in, when getting into to subscription beauty? Sure. Well, you know, the thing that I felt most confident about in taking this role and that has um, held true and really, quite honestly, been a lot of my success um, and uh, excitement in this role here at Birchbox has been the idea that the if you know your consumer, and you kind of alluded to our consumer uh, in the, the intro, but if you know your consumer and you know what product you sell, you have the ability to tell your brand story, to own your brand positioning, and to stay true to that. And that is what, in fact, will maximize a business. Um, I have seen that uh, experience cut through. So all of the things that I knew about managing a business, understanding a product, building a product for a specific consumer, marketing it to that consumer, telling the story, finding the engagement points, that actually all consistently holds up. There's a, a huge amount of disparity on who those consumers are because of the different brands I've been at, the types of products that I've built and sold, the way in which we engage and market to those people. But the core values of that are what um, is super consistent. And that's what I've been building on here uh, since I've been with Birchbox. And I'm really pleased to say that we are seeing a lot of success and positive movement from our ability to focus. And focus is one of the things that I really like to do. So to answer your second question, kinds of the things that didn't apply or that were completely new, you know, the things in particular that I think about um, are, first of all, it's a subscription business. I had never worked for a subscription business and the operational process around that, the way in um, which timelines work, the kind of products that we were selling, which in fact was much more of a service than a physical product at the end of the day, that was a huge um, new learning curve for me and something that I um, kind of immersed myself in, in the first number of months that I was on the team to really understand that perspective of what this was, why someone would want it, and what the right ways to connect to the consumer were. And then another piece would be um, the performance and growth marketing side. I had no experience previously in uh, owning or managing a team that directly controlled media spend um, through growth channels like that. I had always been adjacent to and had really great um, uh, cross-functional teammates that were supporting the efforts there that I learned um, tangentially from, 
but that was never something that I had owned. And so in coming uh, on and taking over the entire marketing division, um, I was able to kind of build on my experience with brand marketing and what I had worked through there and then add on that growth component, which was, like I said, very new and very fresh to me. And I had a lot to learn. And thankfully, I've had a lot of amazing uh, teammates who know more than I do, who are able to teach me and show me the way. And that's been great. Well, it's always nice to have that support as well. And, and good to know that even though there are some things that you must uh, throw out the window, there are others that you're learning that are brand new and that are helping you more uh, well into, into this role. Now, I have to ask about the intricacies of a consumer who is a subscriber to something as opposed to a just one-off buyer, and then especially within the beauty space. But I know that you all have thought this out, and I want to start with a broad bio, if you could provide it, of who this mysterious figure Cash is. Yeah, absolutely. Cash is uh, the, the consumer that we focus on. When Haley and Katya started this brand 10 years ago, not only did they realize that there was uh, a white space for the way in which beauty products were being accessed by the greater beauty consumer set, but they also started to hone in on a subset of the beauty consumer market space, and that was the casual beauty consumer. This is the um, you know, 70% of the market space that is not directly targeted with marketing. This is the consumer that often um, is a passive consumer versus an active con um, consumption uh, person. They can be a man or a woman. They can have uh, any number of demographic components. So it's a lot more about the psychographic. You can find Cash who is a low beauty spender um, and new to the space and requires a lot of education and is intrigued and uh, desiring someone to lead them through this. You can also uh, acquire someone who is actually very knowledgeable about what's happening in the beauty space, but within a very specific subset of that. And that's what's really interesting is that there are these high engagement consumers that still identify as cash, but it's because they only are interested in small portions of that that relate to them and who they are. And that's something that we've started to um, build all of our marketing campaigns around for a number of years. It's the way in which we talk to this consumer, and it's the way in which we separate ourselves from the huge amount of competition that has developed both within subscription beauty box services, but also the greater beauty sphere. It's nice to know that you have that target, that sort of middle of the bullseye that you go after. And it reminds me when I was just getting started in podcasting this many years ago, I, I was advised to come up with an avatar. And I was like, what? Like the movie? And they said, no, it's like a central <laughs> faceless, nameless character that is most likely to engage highly and consume your content. And so yeah. it's not easy to think about that, and at least from scratch. So to know that you're working with that is, is really great. I'm not, I'm not the head of a beauty business, but I can understand uh, what having a cash can do. In, in kind of, you know, leaning into that concept, I'm sure that you can see that there's a reason why many companies often develop a muse is a term that sometimes they use or uh, an archetype of a core consumer and the way in which it also can 
support um, a greater vision for an, an entire um, company. I think that's one of the things that um, is really helpful for keeping all areas of the business connected. If we all can understand the common perspective on who we're targeting and why we're doing it, we make better decisions because you backbone into that. Right. And I'm sure there's not so much organizational friction. It's like, oh, well, I thought we were dot, dot, dot. Well, no, we're actually dot, 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 that kind of thing. Exactly. And one of the things I've also seen over the years is that companies who lose their um, focus on who that consumer set is or the iteration that truly is the target, as you said, um, you end up kind of going after the halo consumer, those who are joining and wanting to participate with your brand because of um, you know, greater brand perception, uh, a, a, a large brand awareness. And um, there are companies that can lose their way and start um, creating a less uh, driven type of product. And that's often when you see companies start to plateau after they've had a significant amount of growth. Got it. Because they're unable to continue to innovate or maybe attract that halo. Well, I'm glad that uh, that cash exists. If I could ask one more question about that, uh, you have this this I don't, what did you say before beacon? I forget what the name you said was, but you have this like guiding light, and mm-hmm. you're able to differentiate from maybe competitors or other people in the space because you are dedicated to this character. But I'm curious within that, how you similarly differentiate internally the conversations that you're able to have with people who are maybe on that halo or maybe right in the center mass of cash, but who have different behaviors within her. Could you elaborate a little bit on the ways in which you're personalizing or differentiating the types of conversations that you have with your subscribers? Absolutely. Um, so a couple of things. One that comes very top of mind, we developed um, a brand campaign in the middle of last year that is continuing this year that we're very proud of. Um, it's called the U Time campaign. And the intent was really to hone in on that person and to have them um, see and self-identify with us as understanding that they too are part of our cash target base. And one of the things that was um, critical to the, the U-Time campaign and the core components was this idea that everybody deserves U-Time. So it's a lot less about what that is. For some, that may be the moment of going through their morning routine without being interrupted by children. For others, it's really getting deep into um, an expansive skincare routine with serums and toners and cleansers and moisturizers and masks and a whole host of things. And then for others, that could be something about beard maintenance. It could be the equivalent of trying new makeup, styles and techniques. And honestly, it's like anything you want to make of it. And I think that was the way in which we believe we could speak to the diversive set of people who are encapsulated in our cash community and, and get them to feel like they're part of um, a greater existence and part of the brand that is Birchbox because we aren't um, segmenting anybody out. It's up to you to decide how you want to participate with us. Got it. Well, I'm glad that people are able to sort of differentiate their own experiences. And obviously it's nice that you, that you, you respond and create differentiated conversations. I want to transition a little bit in, into those experiences and I'll get in a little bit into this is the heart of what the show is all about, but 
I attempt to learn how brands harness those differentiated experiences and either learn from them or put them back into their own communities. And it's, it's based on how I define authentic and everybody has a different definition of that. But if I may pry into those experiences and ask you what are the different ways in which you encourage your subscribers to be sharing those different experiences and maybe how are you amplifying them? And the reason I ask is because in beauty, and I had a similar conversation I was talking with, uh, listeners might remember our conversation with Ipsy back in December. Beauty is one of those spaces where one-to-one or peer marketing or just folks talking like regular folks is a huge driver of growth and influence. And you have to be aware of this, obviously. And in a subscription model where customer lifetime value can be so high and where customer acquisition costs might be high, how are the different ways in which you're able to harness what people are just saying on the ground so that you can get involved in those conversations too? Yeah. So I think it's multifaceted, really. I, um, I'm assuming that there's many ways that we're doing this that um, are similar strategies to other brands, but the way in which we connect and our consumers want to participate with us, I think is unique. You know, in relation to the Utime campaign, we developed um, love letters, which was where we had um, different consumers and different representations of who cash were, um, a, you know, that were chosen, and then they actually wrote love letters to themselves about you time and giving themselves the time to take a break. You know, we did a huge study um, prior to that where we collected a lot of information from uh, the American market space and found out that the majority of people, actually 89%, know that even just a few minutes of you time can make a world of difference. And um, almost half, about 40% of that population, feel they rarely have time for themselves. So we kind of played on that and said, well, if you could write a love letter to yourself that allowed you to have that time, what would you say? And then we used that as um, UGC and uh, repurposed it so that, again, we could start to put um, ads and brand presence out there that continues to help our customers self-identify with us and um, us as a brand versus a different box, for example. Other ways that we're connecting right now, you know, it's um, a very interesting time in the world. It's, you know, April 2020, we're in the mid uh, middle of the COVID pandemic that's happening in the crisis with our country and the world. And that is extremely emotional. And we developed early on just the opportunity to transparently engage with our customers through um, our social media and Instagram in particular. We started putting up questions. We listened to all of the answers and um, responses. We were asking people to help us understand what they needed from us. We also developed, um, uh, we saw it as an opportunity, quite honestly, that it was, we have box inventory and we wanted to share the happiness. We had gotten um, a a post, like a comment on our our Instagram feed, asking if um, we could donate a box to a nurse in need that had been posted by her sister, I believe. And that sparked our interest in wanting to give back to the greater community. And we solicited um, referrals and donation requests from all across the country. 
And that's actually been something we've been doing. We've been sending out 40,000 boxes to different healthcare workers, um, you know, no questions asked, you know, really just wanting to give back um, and make people's day. And we're seeing so much response and engagement and content and feedback from that, that people are wanting to continue with our brand. And I know it sounds um, crazy to say, but we, the amount of comments that we have that have said, I never thought that I needed a Birchbox subscription, but now I'm subscribing or I was thinking that maybe this is something I needed to give up due to the financial impact, but I want to be part of a brand that cares about me and cares about the people that I care about has just been overwhelming and it's been so positive. And that's been something that we've really um, been so proud of and want to continue to keep up even when we're not in a crisis. And even when we don't feel that there's a greater cause out there, we want our customers to know that we care about them and to find the ways that we're going to support them. That concept of doing well by doing good is embraced, I think, now more strongly than it has been otherwise recently. And yes, those circumstances are opening up all sorts of uh, avenues for folks to be purpose-driven and charitable. And it's great to hear that that you are also getting involved in that. And similarly, great to hear that it's not going unnoticed because, of course, you need to be able to give back. You want to give back. You also want to make sure that like you're staying above water and, and that this these efforts are good for the community and also something that is is going to drive value holistically. And that, though that is not the main goal of any of this, is always an important thing to know as well, that it is being received well, both by folks who are witnessing it and folks who are being directly benefited by it. So that's really nice. You know, one of the things that I think it reinforces is that this isn't the first time that we're choosing to give back and show how much we care for our community. We launched our Future Starts Now Fund um, at the end of 2018 or beginning of 19, I believe. And it is um, a fund that we dole out a number of times a year. It's about $5,000 each time. It's almost like a grant where we... Um, we receive submissions, usually thousands of submissions, um, based on uh, a set of qualifications at the time that we put out. So sometimes we've done it in uh, connection with uh, Black History Month. We've done it in connection with um, women's uh, empowerment. We've done it with uh, the uh, Female Founders Collective and other kinds of things like that, where we solicit, uh, you know, business interests or the, the kind of feedback and nominations from our community to ask who, it, who out there would benefit most from this type of funding to help them do something. And it was really inspired by Katya and her beginnings and the idea that she wanted to do something that didn't exist before and that she needed funding out there. And while $5,000 may sound small in relation to the types of VC funding that have, have happened over the, the last couple of years. Sure. To many, $5,000 is going to help you get something started that you never thought you could. And so that's actually been something we've been doing. Um, and, you know, I think that that's why we've seen the success and the feedback from um, our consumers and the engagement, because they know this isn't us just doing it because there's a crisis. Right. And you know what's interesting about that? Something that you just said, it reminded me of a very, very recent conversation we had with uh, Nature Box and their their CEO, so another subscription business, but in snacks, um, had really rich background in VC and sitting on boards, and and had said something similar, which was that as soon as 
a lot of times he sees as soon as businesses get injected or, or missions get get injected with huge VC dollars, like it's not that the values go away. It's just that they change, and it's not as it's not as purposeful he thought, which I thought was really interesting, especially coming from somebody who was at the helm of VC. So I thought it was an interesting tidbit that I'll mm-hmm. sprinkle in here. So let me. All right, I, I want to round out with two more two more questions. One which is eh, kind of selfish. One which is totally selfless, and folks will know because it's the advice column. It's coming up. Let me start with this. I kicked off this interview uh, by suggesting that I might not be the center of cash and that it's a beauty subscription and I, uh, being a guy, just tossed that out without even remembering or realizing two things. One, I have needs too. And two, right now, essentials are really important and all of my buddies are out there and they're growing their quarantine beards and they're not going <laughs> to get their hair cut. And generally, we're yeah, using it as an excuse to be bachelors again. But I'm curious, what, what's, what's, what can I, if I'm one of the fellas, how do I engage with Birchbox and how do I do it right now? Absolutely. So we, in uh, 2012, about two years after the company started, um, it was clear that women were not the only people engaging in the greater beauty space. And the word beauty, I think, scares people. But think of it more as like general wellness and upkeep. Um, and we developed what at the time was called Birchbox Man. It's currently called the, the grooming side of our business, and we have the beauty side, and quite honestly, any gender can pick any side, um, and it's really just about the types of products that you receive through that. So very similarly, you receive a subscription box every single month, and you can participate now. Feel free to join today if you'd like. We have uh, monthly and six-month and annual memberships, and you get a box of five samples that ranges from, uh, you know, uh, shampoos, conditioners, skin care of all different kinds, beard maintenance or not, dependent on the profile, which is something that all subs fill out. And that helps us then personalize and curate the types of products that you receive each month. So if you don't have a beard and maybe you also are bald, we're not going to send you a whole host of hair products or beard products. And instead, we'll tailor them around the needs um, that we see built from your profile. But honestly, it's a huge amount of things. Also, um, on the grooming side of the business, there's um, a a lot of wellness. There's opportunities to also add in lifestyle products. We have a box that um, sends a monthly five uh, samples, plus you get an additional uh, lifestyle product, often like socks or headphones or barware, really great things that we feel like complement kind of the U-time concept. And um, we also do a lot of vitamins. We do sleep aids. Like we've delved into um, CBD a bit and all of that. So really it's a whole host of things. And we're always out there trying to get you to discover new products and to figure out how you could build those into your routine. Well, that is, I'm glad that you, that you voiced that out and that I had you do it instead of me do it. Now, if I can do a quick aside here to the fellows, listen to me. All right. We are, okay, we're stuck at home. Right. So like we're not out and about every day. And, you know, let's be honest, you might not do deodorant every day and who cares? Right. Who cares? Because you should buy yourself. But if you have one of these sample sizes, right, it's, it's enough to get you through the month. You got five or six of those. And I know you got your mainstays, right? The stuff that you go, you get your old spice, all that. This is not a bad time to try it. I'm, I'm thinking about it now that you told me about it. Like I'm, I'm and selfishly, guys, I'm scrolling through this right now. I'm just looking at some of these products. And I'm like, well, like it's not a bad time to at least try something. Totally. And it's also your opportunity to try something that maybe you wouldn't want to try, you know, like most of the time. Maybe you have all this time on your hands and you're willing to kind of step out of like 
the norm and add something different into your routine, like an exfoliant. That might change you. That might just totally brighten up your skin. I'm thinking like <laughs> moisture. I like, you know what I'm thinking about? Moisturizer and lotion. I'm looking at my knuckles right now. And they're just yeah. like breaking up. Everybody's washing their hands every I don't know, 13 minutes. I'm sanitizing everywhere I go. I'm getting crushed here. And like, yeah. if I had, if I could like try out a couple different ways, and I'm sure you guys have those things well as well. Uh, I mean, that would be a godsend right now. Cause you know what I'm using right now? I'm using some Neutrogena. I'm using some Gold Bond, but they're both in travel size. They're both real small. Cause I'm like, I don't need, I mean, I probably do need to moisturize every day properly, but like, I don't have the big jug of, you know, stuff. So this is actually not bad. I mean, Adam, we need to get you moisturizing every day. Absolutely. And yeah, we got to get you out of those travel size options and into some things that you love. Yeah, exactly. No, we, we work with tons of great brands. Um, and I think I'm, don't worry, we'll be, we'll be getting you on board and I hope all (laughs) of the listeners do not, not just the, the ones who are interested in grooming, but beauty too. One of the other products that we sell, actually, it's interesting that you brought it up, um, is kits. It's the way in which we curate our products against each other. So if you did, for example, want to try uh, a multitude of different uh, brands of the same product to kind of figure out which one's the one that you like the most, we have those options. And those are available on our our website um, to purchase. And they're a really easy entry-level way to kind of get acquainted with a very specific product. So for example, on the beauty side, like there's sometimes we do kits where it's um, multiple different versions of mascara or dry shampoo. On the men's side, we've done kits that introduce you to an ingredient. So for example, like um, a CBD ingredient that um, is in multiple different kinds of products, but then you can see, hey, is this really for me? What do I think about it? Is it effective for what I'm trying to achieve? All that. So it's kind of, it's a version of Birchbox that's not our monthly subscription, but that we find that almost every subscriber likes to participate in, in addition to. Right. Huh. Okay. You're giving me a lot to think about. You know what? I just, I didn't think I'd learn about how to groom myself here, but here we are. <laughs> that's good. We've got lots of experts, so we'd be happy to, <laughs> to teach you a little bit more. I'm sure you do. So for, appreciate the advice on that. It's a perfect segue actually, because I'm going to do some advice right now. And uh, it's not going to be about, uh, not going to be about moisturizing though. Moisturize every day, folks. It's about, uh, well, it's about what you're doing in the, in the day to day. So what I do at the end of all of these is I ask these brilliant leaders that I get to talk to, I get the privilege of talking to about uh, maybe either important things that they learned or pitfalls that they avoided on their path to being where they are today. And generally within the lens of building authentic brands and building better relationships and knowing consumers and all that. And the reason I do that is because the folks that listen to this show are in that very position. They're like me. I mean, I think my cash, if I can borrow the term, is somebody who is at a brand either by themselves or or building their own brand or at a large Fortune 500 company, but sitting in that like either mid-management or, you know, somebody maybe in their like mid to late 20s who is trying to learn from the best. And specifically with a mind to authenticity and purpose-driven and all that good stuff, they, they crave this information. You know, how do these leaders that I hope to be one day get where they are? What do they not do or what do they what are the watershed moments in their career that, that made them learn? So I got to ask you as well, Allie, I mean, what, what sort of advice would you give to those people who are simply looking to build more authentic brands and, and learn from the best while doing so? Um, so I think this is one of the ones that stuck with me and that I've adapted to be a center point for how I lead. Um, it's kind of twofold because it came out of a realization of how to be more successful when I was, um, 
working in a previous company. And I realized that over my time and career that the most successful moments for the brands that I was working for and for myself within a cross-functional team were when we were extremely transparent and focused from the beginning together. And I know that that sounds so simple and so obvious, but I don't think that that many companies work that way. And I realized that the ones that you like think of immediately when you think of, you know, really successful companies that you aspire to be like often have the ability to start the phase of concepting um, both from product development and marketing and new brand initiatives all at the same point. And I think that's been the most critical thing for me is realizing that when you have marketing at the table with the teams that are building the product, servicing the customer, and all discussing like what we're setting out to do and achieve and building from the beginning almost the expression of what that engagement and experience and messaging looks like, the product that you end up building, it hits home so much stronger. And you see such a conversion rate, both with customers engaging with the brand, but also with the, the happiness factor of whatever the product is or service that you're um, giving them because it's suddenly hit home and is super clear and has come to the market, you know, going to market is something that I truly believe in, in a way where they know exactly why you're doing what you're doing and you're able to tell that story really clearly. And I've found that, you know, conversely in places where I've seen these different teams between marketing and the other areas in the company not working together from the beginning, it's really, really hard to make that happen successfully and to have the same type of hit rate that you can have if you do it every single time. And so that's kind of my advice, I would say. And I think it's something that I live by and that I've um, always brought to the teams that I work with. Well, that's great. I'm so glad to have that, uh, that little nugget from you here at the end. And uh, folks, while you are maybe splurging, but maybe getting the essentials and learning how to better yourselves in the beauty or grooming side of things. Uh, take these, take these lessons in. I mean, think about how, you know, maybe you're not working in the, in the, in the beauty space or the wellness space. Maybe, maybe you're somewhere else. Uh, you know, this is advice that truly crosses uh, industries, disciplines, all that. Take it from somebody who is of course now at Birchbox, who has all this disparate experience. Um, take that synthesis and run with it. Uh, I really appreciate you coming on the show, Allie, telling me all about what Birchbox is doing, giving me a little bit of personal wellness advice and care. And uh, what else can I say? Thanks so much for joining the show. It was great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. It was really wonderful. Thank you so much to Allie Edgerton from Birchbox for joining the podcast today. Yeah, you know, with that, the constant washing hands, the sanitizing, my hands are getting crushed. So it's good to know that I can turn to you for help. If you like this show, here's what you can do couple things. LinkedIn, Authentic Influence Podcast. Check it out. Give it a follow. It's where all our episodes go and other little tidbits about the show too. I'm also there on LinkedIn. Duh, Adam Connor. Connect with me. Message me. Tell me what you like, what you don't, and what you recommend for the future because some of the best changes and improvements to the show as well as guests have come via those suggestions. And if you feel strongly enough, wherever you're subscribed, iTunes, Spotify, stay subscribed, of course, but also leave a rating and review. Let me know what you think in that public forum. Any feedback is really, really appreciated. 
I'll be back again in just a few days with another fantastic story about a brand mobilizing its masses and becoming more authentic in that way. And until then, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.